John O'Buffy. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and in this episode I have a chat with Jono. So I met Jono about, yo, about 15 years ago when I was managing in Kuru Game Lodge. He's one of the shareholders there. And I knew Jono in a previous lifetime where he was fully corporate and his health was suffering because he was working so hard. He's still very determined, he's still very passionate, but you'll hear from this conversation as well that... Wild Eye was a lifestyle change as well for him. And it's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to share this journey that's Wild Eye with Andrew and then with Jono, who both very good friends. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, more to come, and Jono and I can get stuck into long conversations. I think one day we'll have to do it with a bottle of wine. But for now, though, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Jono, how was your holiday? Yeah, I had a fantastic holiday. Um, Back into the swing of things, right? I've forgotten about it already. <laughs> so, but it was nice and relaxing. Uh, went down to the Eastern Cape, a place called Cape St. Francis, or St. Francis Bay, mm-hmm. and really had a good time. It was, went, spent time with friends and family, and two of my daughters came down, yeah. and uh, it was great to spend time and relax and Put your feet up for a couple of weeks. <laughs> did, did you at least? Because uh, if well, you're like me, I don't often put my feet up. No, <laughs> I, I, I did put my feet up, but uh, unfortunately my brain doesn't uh, operate the same way. So still lots of thoughts, <laughs> still lots of uh, ideas, still lots of uh, things to, I mean, you know, you have your, your <laughs> obvious concerns and, and problems. But uh, other than that, um, yeah, it was, it was relaxing and uh, enjoyable and I, I certainly came back uh, a little bit more refreshed than I was uh, at the end of last year. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us. So so before we carry on, there's conversation in the office about someone getting 100% for maths. How does uh, that work? I, I've no idea. <laughs> it is my child, um, biologically my child, but I'm not sure where the 100% for maths uh, like, comes in. You my, can probably give me the answers I won't get 100%. No, no. I mean, I look, her, I look at her, her um, textbooks and her... <laughs> Study notes, and I looked at that, and it like, looks like foreign uh, algebra. But does she graft hard? Does she do yeah. the work, or is she just a natural? No, she she does. She works hard, um, yeah. but she's exceptionally bright with numbers. She does mm-hmm. very well in in accountancy as well. In fact, we went to her awards evening uh, on Monday evening, and mm-hmm. uh, she came top of the grade for grade eleven, um, which is second year, second second, uh, second last year of high school. Yeah. So she's in her last year of high school now. Uh, top of the grade, she got um, the highest marks in five out of six subjects. Um, got a ninety-one percent <laughs> average. So I have no idea which. So this doesn't from. echo your mark from way back. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I think my schooling was more interested in uh, in hmm? sport. Um, Girls, <laughs> so but but Erin's also. She's a pretty good sports person as well. Yes, yeah, I know she's uh, she's a good swimmer. She's let it slip a little bit, but mm. uh, you know she's obviously um, head girl of the school now, so mm. she has a lot of responsibility there. So some of her extra extramural such as swimming has fallen a little bit by mm. the wayside. But she, you know, she was at one stage a provincial swimmer, mm. and uh, but she's let it slide a little bit, yeah. and it's not really part of her um, long term. Uh, focus. Yeah, she does. She's in the first side basketball, um, and but that that all comes to an end yeah. uh, f- after the first quarter this year, and then she oh, then it's done. 
yeah, then she can really concentrate yeah. on her her, okay. her studies and uh, obviously goes into final exams um, October or so September, yeah. October. So, Jeez. Time but it must have been an interesting time for you guys because I mean you've got I mean you've got three beautiful daughters. They I mean I've known them all since young. Mm-hmm. It's almost now time for the last one to kind of start doing her thing and moving on. What are you and Ida? I mean, what changes? Is there a mindset? Because I, I wouldn't know this. Is there a mindset change? Is it? So, you know what I mean? What what, what changes? Well, I, you know, I, I think if I go, um, you know, with my oldest daughter, Adrian, who studied for four years, got mm. a cum laude degree in uh, consumer consumer science and uh, fashion design and and who's working now and doing really well at her job and mm. she continues to make us proud. She also, in December, oh, I'm sorry, in January, she went mm. to Mauritius with her boyfriend and got engaged. So You guys are crashing you know, so, the milestones. Yeah, right? so <laughs> it's uh, Catherine, my middle daughter, finished her, her third year of medicine. Um, she, based on her marks, she didn't have to write exams because I'd have ordered her, her test throughout the year. She got over 80%. So Then you don't write exam? No. no I didn't so, know that. Well, I never got that. That's why. <laughs> well, I never went to university, so I, don't know, I can't tell you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so yeah. So you know, they continue to make us proud, and uh, I think as you know, it doesn't. I, I don't think they'll stop making us proud. You know, they're both uh, well put. You know, well, um, well-adjusted young ladies mm. and uh, very determined young ladies, and have a an ambition and a, a determination to to do well in life. And so, you know, that's from our point of view. From a from a parenting point of view, it's made it a lot, a lot easier. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that, uh, like my parents, uh, <laughs> <laughs> getting me to try and study was a work of art. Not going to hurt. No, it didn't work very well. And no. do, do you think there's there will be a certain? And I mean, this is obviously looking in, but it, uh, uh, like an empty nest thing. Suddenly they're gone doing the thing. What do we do now? Is that real? Yeah, that's something that has crossed my mind. Obviously, uh, Catherine still got probably another. We think now, um, She's five, now five six years to go with mm. her degree and uh, and she'll obviously have to do secondments and um, mm. g- community uh, she'll have to work in a government hospital for a while so she's going to be um, at home for a while mm. before she starts obviously earning a, a salary and then can get out of the house um, that should she started start earning a salary in the yeah. next four years and Erin sure. then will she Erin doesn't really know what she wants to study after school but I'm sure based on her marks she'll do a fairly demanding type mm. of degree I think it'll be more finance in my my thought it'd be a more yeah. finance uh, type of degree so that'll be three four five year degree yeah. that's crazy um, so they'll be they'll be around for a while but it, it has crossed our mind mm. uh, when the nest is empty but then it's time to travel more travel more yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know every time she wants to travel now the girl's got a gala and this which is amazing so I'm sure she's going to put some pressure on you. Yes, yeah, no, more she's already up. <laughs> uh, she's already asking. Well, she because when my daughters write their final year exams, Ida writes them basically with them. With yeah, them. she's so all in. She's all in. Yeah, yeah. so she's the real mom, and uh, she spends. She's there's no way she's <laughs> going away anywhere yeah. uh, when it comes to uh, year end and final final exams. No. So. Um, this year is a bit of a write-off. Uh, we are going to Medeque, um as a, oh, yeah, a while breakaway eh? in yeah. Feb, tenth of Feb. So three nights. So she'll, you know, she obviously misses her photography and misses mm-hmm. her travels and her 
who um, the wildlife, mm. uh, but uh, she'll get a little bit of a. It was funny how every time we have these discussions, it's like she, she's trying to find a way. Maybe she can guide for wildlife. Maybe she can come with and take pictures of the camp. Yeah. Maybe she, it's like okay, we get what you're doing here. Yeah, I know she does <laughs> drop the odd hint. Is there nothing that she could do? I, you know, being um, having had a career, a very good career when mm. when she was younger, before we had kids, and then becoming a. Uh, a full-time mom and mm. uh, stopping work, uh, you know, she has missed the, the, the... Obviously, the kids have kept her extremely busy no, with sure. having three daughters. and um, so. She, but I think now I was getting a time where the workload of the, the home executive is starting to um, uh, get kind of less and less. So yeah, that curve is kind of curving down. She's looking for something else to do and oh. uh, keep herself busy. No, for sure. So, I mean, jumping across a bit. So, we're at the beginning of a new year. A couple of weeks ago, we had that moment in the boardroom. So, where everybody got a year, and they would kind of share something about that, mm-hmm. and then move forward. Yeah. Now, and, and Candace came at me. Candace, you're going to probably listen to this. It's the one where Candace cried all the time. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking to Candace after this. Okay. But something happened there. Yeah. And you can't always bottle that, because people were opening up. People we've known for seven, eight, nine years yeah. came up with stuff that's like, whoa, what the hell? Yeah. And that was the beginning of the year. It kind of set the tone for us, which we'll get back to. But for you personally, going into a new year, do you have goals? Do you have things you want to achieve? What, what, what's the year look like ahead? Um, Personal or business, both, whatever. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a few. Uh, there's always going to be um, highlights. Uh, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be disappointments, I suppose, going alongside, you know, um, I, you know, we're going, uh, working quite um, um, heavily on our strat. Obviously, mm-hmm. we had a, a fantastic uh, uh, financial year, which finishes the end of Feb uh, now, um, a great financial year. But we need to get, you know, we need to strategize how mm-hmm. we can become better. I think if, you know, I've always had the the understanding and the and the intuition that if you're standing still you're going backwards so it's mm. always there's always an opportunity yeah. to improve uh, things uh, from a business perspective from a personal perspective so you know, there's there's definitely things that uh, we want to mm. improve you know what they are and how they are um, there's a number of them so I'm not going to bore you with all those details mm. um, but um, yeah I think personally some challenges uh, but you know we're getting we're getting past those mm. so yeah. um, on other other uh, business yeah, yeah, yeah. business development. How do you think we take something business opportunities, Joe? How, how do we take something like what happened there, which is yeah. real? Yeah. It was real. It's not something you can. You almost can't say to someone, guys, tomorrow we're going to share like this. Yeah. It's not like, something happened. How do you capitalize? How do you carry that guy? But here's the thing. That that sort of um, situation hmm. doesn't happen suddenly. No. I mean, it's a culmination of having a great culture, having a great understanding of of each other, having mm. a great under, um, from a mm. from a mentorship point of view, from leadership point of view. Like a perfect story. Those, yeah. So if you could bottle that, and 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 to a degree, we we need to take cognizance of the fact of what we've created. Mm-hmm. We sometimes look beyond that and we and we don't we take it for granted I think but no. I think it's something that we need to bottle and we need to um, remind ourselves on a on a, almost on a daily basis mm. of what we've created and the culture we've created and the and the high level of commitment and the high level of emotional equity that we've we've got um, in our staff yeah. um, amongst our staff and amongst management and yeah. all team you know we don't have a 
a hierarchical type of environment. It's all open plan and everybody yeah. chats to each other. Um, and so it's, it becomes a great, a great vibe, a great um, working um, environment. And that is what's created that, that, that real... Um, is that X factor that, that happened? Yeah, it was definitely an X factor that happened. Totally unexpected. Very. Um, it was a great way of, uh, you know, my, I think my year was, what was I doing in January 2005? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, planning a heart attack at the time. Because I'm, I'm the, <laughs> I, I, being the by, by quite some distance the oldest in the wild. I was second, you second, ten years behind me. Yeah. So yeah, in 2005, I was at the pinnacle of my my career, uh, doing exceptionally well um, in in my previous business. Uh, sold it two years later, but you know that's a, that's uh, for another conversation. Mm. But yeah, it was was on a high. It was, uh, life was great, um, had young kids, two young daughters, one, uh, mm. one was on the way, and it was really living life, I think, to the fullest. But, but things have changed, mm. but haven't really, but, but in, a, in a lot of instances, personal things, things. personal things have mm. changed, but in a lot of ways, they've, they've actually got better, because, because it was um, a, a great, you know, the, the business was doing great, but it was high, high, high stress, you know, yeah. so... There, it certainly didn't. The um, success doesn't come with uh, sitting yeah. on your ass, no. uh, if I can put it that way. No, um, so it, it came with high stress. And uh, is there any part of those days that you miss anything? No, no. I don't. You know, I don't really like to look back. Mm. Um, this fucks with your neck, really. Absolutely. You know, it's <laughs> like a, it's it's not a self. It's a, it's it's a negative uh, mm. energy in my instance. So. What could have been, what may have been—it's not really something I, that I I, I look back on. Mm. Um, I think I'm certainly in an environment now which I which I love. Um, um, it, you know, as I've always said to a number of people that ask me, it's by by far the most enjoy, most successful life investment that I've made for myself life and for my, and yeah. for my family. You know, so mm. um, and I think. It's important. Too. So it's not about the money. It's mm. not about the the success. It's about creating a lifestyle for yourself where you get you generate maximum mm. satisfaction out of. Yeah. If we had to go back to 2011-12 when we started Wild Eye. Yeah. Knowing what we know now, what would you do different? From from the get, once we opened on the first of August down in that office downstairs, one table, you, Andrew, myself. What would we have done different? Do you think? Knowing what we know now. That's a tough question. Um, <laughs> there's probably a lot we could have done differently. I think we, when we started the business, and uh, kind of making know, shit up as we go. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't uh, how to set up a business. Business 101. It was. It was not. <laughs> it, was not. Uh, it was taking three fairly high overheads, um, getting a office that was not really expensive, but. But from a, a, a rental a point of view, yeah. a brand new office in, in one of the vibiest uh, and most mm. prestigious uh, buildings in, in, in the Four Ways area. So it wasn't, mm. it wasn't textbook uh, how to start a business. No. Would I change it? No. You know, I, I think it, was, it took time for us to um, get on our feet, and mm. that was a frustrating part. Uh, not frustrating, it was the, 
it was the exciting in a way part, mm. you know. It was it was certainly uh, frustrating at times, but I I don't think I would have done any anything yeah. differently. I think it's the stories it made is worth it. Yeah, like the first time we went yeah. to the Mara when we drove and we stayed at that. I think it was actually called the Four Seasons in the Rock. And it's yeah. not what you guys listening thinking of the four seasons. It's not the same. No, no. But it's those kind of things we'd have never gone through. No, absolutely. That's, that's part yeah. of the stories that makes it worth yeah. it. Yeah. No, this, I mean, if you look back and we were sharing a couple of stories of amusing incidents with guests and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and there's been so many great, great stories that if we had time... I mean, you'd probably write a book on some of mm, some of the actually. some of the stories that have happened. Where we will change some names. Along yeah, the way. and listen, yes. there's been some uh, blood noses as well. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> as much as there's been oh, yeah. successes, there's been some a few blood noses as well mm. on on trips that we we did and uh, lost yes. the frigging fortune. And, Those early uh, Svalbard trips. Yeah, God, oh, uh, yeah. all sleepless nights. Yes. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we going to pay this bill? And yeah. it was like. Uh, Robbing Peter to pay Paul to a degree and still here. managing cash flows and it was probably we ran our business so long mm. on a on a bank statement and mm. lack of financials and yeah. lack of understanding of the of our income statement or our balance sheet or whatever yeah. it was literally back of to a cigarette box type of uh, uh, business mm. strategy. Yeah, where's the next level of growth here? Um, We're going, going into strat. We're throwing a lot of stuff around this office. I mean, yeah. there's ideas on finance and overheads and guides and logistics and whatever. Where's our I, next I level think, of growth? I think there's a lot of growth opportunities within certain uh, of our divisions. Mm. Um, I'd like <coughs> to see um, grow um, the custom tours part of it, the general travel side of our business. Mm -hmm. You know, already we've shown uh, tremendous growth. I think our turnover has doubled from from uh, this time last year. Yeah. Uh, so there's massive growth opportunity in that where we get consultants putting uh, custom custom itineraries together for clients that don't necessarily want to go on a scheduled photo safari or a private guided safari, but mm. just want to travel with family or friends or whatever it is, or on their own solo travelers, um, is putting and handcrafting itineraries for them. So there's an, there's an opportunity for growth there. Mm. But our business is growth is dependent on um, having additional heads, you know, if we don't have guides in the field, yeah. we're not invoicing. If we don't have uh, people going uh, on trips, people going on trips, mm -hmm. we're not invoicing. So, from an income point of view, yeah. um, our, our our growth is will be on on human capital, and yeah. you know, it'll be in time additional guides, so we can be putting out more scheduled mm. departures. So, our growth strategy is going to be certainly around. Um, in the in the medium term, mm. um, improve um, increasing the the custom tour side of it, and within the, the medium term, I think mm. probably um, uh, getting more guides and putting out more trips and mm. bringing in more income. Yeah. You know, we've obviously got a, a high overhead base that we've got to satisfy, and, and to do that, we've got to make sure we yeah. rolling rolling uh, rolling income and making sure we are. Um, keeping our, yeah. our, our top line, looking yeah. after our top line. And if we look forward five years, where can this be? Uh, I think it could be a business where we would probably be generating three times the amount of turnover we're doing now. Mm -hmm. um, it will be a business where we would probably, from 17 people that we employ now, it would probably be a business where we would be employing maybe close to 30, 40 people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's, you know, there's such tremendous growth opportunities, particularly now we're going into um, 
uh, where people were so cooped up when, from a COVID point of view and mm. so many more people wanting to travel and yeah. wanting to get out there, there's, there's a growth opportunity that we've got to capitalize on. Mm -hmm. And the sooner we capitalize on that, the yeah. better for us as a company. Mm. You know, so we've got to make sure that we have enough, um, as I say, human capital to be able to satisfy the demand and, uh, mm. and uh, take advantage of the demand. Yeah. COVID, I mean, COVID had, it, had its upsides. I mean, from a, from a business, oh, looking back, it was a shit show then. But what upsides? Yeah, I'm, I'm asking um, this question now. No, no so, so from, a, from a travel point of view, people have come with revenge travel on their back. So people are, I think a lot of people are looking f to new places to get back out there after being away. How was COVID for you? Lockdown afterwards? Me. Hated it. What was the worst Hate, about it? I don't know. It was just, I, I've always like been, I suppose, old school where I like to have uh, a chat like we're having now, and like a face-to-face discussion. And if I had to get on another Zoom, uh, we would have four or five Zooms a day. Uh -uh. It was drive me absolutely mad. Yeah. I mean, you know, from morning to night, you'd be getting on Zoom and having this faceless, well, not a faceless it's conversation. It's emotionless, but, it's cold. But yeah, it's this um, online discussion, and it just really um, mm. wrenched my heart out and... Mm. Um, drained all the emotions out of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I didn't have mm. a lot of fun in lockdown and uh, being at home. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, there were obviously times in between Zooms or in between phone calls or in between mails, or whatever that, you had time to sit and stew over, you know, when is this goddamn thing going to end and what is it going to mean to the business? And all our business, lots, most businesses in the world were under threat, mm. particularly under in the, in the tour and travel, tourism industry 100%. and you know there was you know we were constantly daily doing cash flow forecasts and yeah. you know, fortunately in the years before we had generated a fair amount of excess excess cash which we wisely kept in, in investments so, mm -hmm. so we were, lighter, were um, uh, able to ride out the storm but it depended on how long that storm mm. would last and you know it was the uncertainty of People saying that we've got to be ready by, I think, COVID, what's it, March uh, lockdown, March 2020 lockdown happened in yeah. South Africa, March, April. And we got so many diff conflicting views from uh, so-called export experts, exports, experts <laughs> saying that by October you're going to be traveling. I always said by <laughs> after the first quarter, um, 2021, 20, yes. we could be traveling, which um, without blowing my own trumpet, that sort of work kind of open up, yeah. open up so it was uh, you know how can we keep this machine uh ticking mm. uh, and for an additional six months um where you know people were saying we've got to be ready to travel uh, versus when eventually we were mm. traveling and it you know it was obviously post-covid there were a lot of mm. difficulties with countries suddenly closing their borders and us having to from a logistics point of view, having to juggle things around mm. and having people and guests on the ground and internal <laughs> flights in Kenya being suspended and um, all road transfers in Kenya being mm. suspended and then trying to work our way around that. And, you know, so it was, it was a challenging time. Yeah. And, uh, it definitely put years of my life, I can promise you. 100%. I remember I mean, I, the Zooms as well. At the time, I was chatting to a therapist as well and he said to me, Listen, the Zoom thing, it's a two-dimension. We, especially us who travel, and we photographers visual, that we live in a three-dimensional world. 
Yeah. And now suddenly everything, your daily life is forced into a two-dimensional space. Yeah. And he said, listen, because at the time in South Africa, we could only go to, I think, the pharmacy and the doctor and yeah. buy food yeah. in level yeah. five. Yeah. He said, just go to the store and go walk around. Yeah. Just to get some kind of 3D and, and stimulate yeah. it differently. Yeah. But that Zoom thing killed me. Yeah. It was horrendous. Yeah. You sit there and stare at it and you can check everybody's got the same like deadpan face yeah. across. And everyone was depressed. And it, 100%. And the Zoom sessions were depressing because all we were talking about was the potential gloom and doom. Huh? You know, so there wasn't things. there wasn't a lot of energy and positive energy coming mm -hmm. out of those Zoom sessions. Yeah. So all it would do is put you in a further rut and... Uh, yeah. And digging no, a deeper hole, show. you know, it was yeah, it didn't do much. I know it didn't do a lot of good for your psyche. It no. certainly didn't do. It was dark times. It was not psyche. great at all. No, <laughs> no. I think I mean looking back, chatting to some of the other people here, coming out of COVID and as a company, especially the logistics team, I think it might, it must have. I think I know it gave them confidence because the amount of drama they had to manage for guests, postponements, mm. cancellation. I think the level of what they operate at now is a lot to thank for having been pushed into that Ab situation. Absolutely. The amount it's of a huge thing. the learning curve that we mm. went through um, and the, the, like the real, um, you know, any logistic team's got to be um, ahead, of the, ahead of the curve. They've got to be ahead of the game. They've got to be um, uh, um, ensuring that the oh. transfers take place and um, uh, uh, parts of the itinerary take place so they they always one step ahead of the mm -hmm. game but that what that did is that gave them um, a sense of of urgency mm. to manage situations yeah. and and, and the, because they were um, there was no um, how can I what's the word I'm looking for here there was no indication that there was going to be a, yeah. a screw up you know and they had to really think on their feet but it gave them that gave them the op, the the the, the level of um, educated them and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and they taught them how to react in because you know there's always going to be situations on the ground that yeah. uh, that um, uh, things may go mm. haywire but it certainly gave them the grounding for mm. that 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 to be yeah. easily dealt with and, mm. and, and effectively yeah. dealt with I think I think one of the other things for us as a, as a company which is interesting is, and we've said this before, before COVID, the guides are the rock stars. We're on Instagram, here's a lion, here's a leopard, mm. here's a polar bear, whatever. Mm. And I think for the guys, and I, I'm going to chat to them when I, when I get around to it, but is I don't think they fully, they did, but not fully appreciate how much the logistics team does. Yeah. Suddenly COVID happens, the guys can't travel, they've got to sit at home and write blogs. Mm. And everything's just about the logistics team and they build yeah. it up and about yeah. and I mean I take my hat off to the ladies if you're listening to this it's they are rock stars yeah. but I think and I don't mean this in an ugly way at all it kind of even the playing field that the guys understand the importance of this yes and the ladies already in the logistics team already understand the guys so I think yeah. it was a nice equalizer absolutely and, and created a greater appreciation and mm -hmm. a greater level of understanding of the the real tenacity that comes yeah. out of that uh, that logistics team so mm. it was Gave them credibility, oh. um, and as I say, the guides um, and all of us mm. got a renewed sense of uh, um, confidence yeah. in in the team that we had in place mm. and what they could achieve under 100%. extremely trying circumstances. Yeah. I don't think there's many other companies. I'm sure it happens, but where the guides come back from a trip and they buy a cake for the logistics team to say thank you. Yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. that that's special. Yeah. 
That's very special. I think they probably have it. They certainly have it a lot easier than we had it in our in our yes. earlier days because uh, sure. basically the logistics were done by <laughs> ourselves, <laughs> which wasn't always as smooth as this. And it was like <laughs> I, mean, I remember our costings were done in a on a notebook, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's add this cost in, and I remember the one safari we 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 still run big cats and tuskers. Yes, and based yeah, on our yeah, back yeah, of the yeah, yeah. uh, notepad costings, we we. Lost shitloads of money every time we ran that <laughs> yeah. trip because we had forgot about this cost, and this cost suddenly appeared oh. that we hadn't, uh, uh, it, we had overlooked. <laughs> very expensive loss leader, that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that the costing sheet from back then, if we had to try and input now, it wouldn't, t- there's no space for everything. No. There, there's, it's literally like four line items. Okay, yeah. And let's do yeah. the trip. Yeah. Oh, man. That wasn't like, you know, we weren't, in other words, yeah, absolutely, yeah. it was, there's probably uh, <laughs> about 40% additional. Um, Costs that have to get yeah. input now, then there may have been that we yeah. implemented in those days. So, yeah, yeah so it's, it's obviously with, it's huge with growth. the growth and with the, with the professionalism and with the, the quality and, the, and, the, and the, um, the, the skills of the mm. people that we've employed yeah. has changed the dynamics drastically yeah. and, uh, and given us uh, a, a great grounding and yeah. a great... Uh, um, understand, um, understanding of our business and where we're at, and yeah. that makes things like Strat so much easier because mm. because of the skills of the people we have, a lot of information on our mm. fingertips, and it's a lot easier then mm. to strategize how we can improve or where yeah. we need to improve, analyzing costs and cost cost uh, um, line items yeah, yeah. Uh, where we can where we can potentially save on that. So there's a lot of a lot more. Um, a lot of data financial and, and information that is uh, financial and other information mm. coming out of the company that uh, yeah. allows us to manage it, manage I think, it I think better. I think strat this year is going to be interesting, which is coming up next week. I think because in the past we had to figure out how to dribble. Then we had to figure out how to shoot a two-pointer. Yeah. Now we're at the point where that's done and the guys are taking care yeah. of it. So you're starting to look at new skills to develop. And for some reason, and I don't know if it's an energy thing or just positivity in the office, whatever, but I'm quite... I'm not even cautious. I'm optimistic about good things coming from this. Mm. It seems like the the, the, the the mindset and headspace of everybody here is open to new. Yeah. And that's vital. Yeah. I th- I, I, going back to, and I hate to bring COVID, I, I think there, there wasn't necessarily the alignment of the, of the, maybe the shareholders, directors, mm. senior management, yeah. you know, everyone, because it was, there was a sense of panic. Uh, yeah. People were saying, maybe we should do this. And people were resisting and saying, no, we, we should do it this way and yeah. how to do it. But there's a greater level of alignment now. Huge. So um, the as you say, um, I'm optimistic going forward because everybody is mm. of has a, a common understanding, common, yeah. common um, uh, understanding of, of what is yeah. required. Yeah. What's your next trip? I'm going to Medikwe on the 10th for oh, three nights. So yes. I'm okay. going with you <laughs> and our lovely wives. Uh, then I'm going to the Serengeti on the 15th oh, yes. of um, February. First time to, to the Serengeti. How have you never gotten in for? Well, never been invited. I, I That's to, actually unacceptable. I had, to, I had to bully my way into this one, yeah. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> um, uh, long story how it came, uh, how it came about, but... It, um, um, we'll be doing that for the first time, so I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, I have an annual golf tour that I'll be going on the day after I arrive. How's, how's the golf game going? I wouldn't have a clue. The last <laughs> time I picked up a golf club was on my last golf tour. And the oh, next it's a year ago. I, yeah, the oh, next nice. time I pick it up is nice. uh, going to be on. The, so it could be 
it could be a bit of a hack. Could go either way. Um, I, you know, my gut feel tells me that it's going to go well. Oh, okay, that's great. Positive. <laughs> you know, my golf rules. is not great at the best of times, so it's the level of the shit that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that goes around with it. Yeah. Um, I'm quite keen to see when you come back from the Serengeti how that compares to the Mara. Yeah. And your thoughts, because I mean, obviously the Mara is a soft spot for us. It's home. Yeah. It's families over there. But yeah. I'm very curious to see the environment, how they run things, and so on. Mm. What's have you got any recent updates from the Mara? Spoken to anybody interesting from that time? I spoke to David Arusa, the. Um, oh, it's in the phone yesterday. Conservative, on the yeah. phone yesterday, okay. he said, you know, things are going well there. Yeah, what he did say is the. Um, they still have international guests, so the bookings are even fairly now. buoyant even now. I think they're running at about 100 um, overseas guests um, per day, mm-hmm. um, billing 100 overseas guests per day, which is which is good for this time of the year. And so that's just in the Mara Triangle, of course. You're yeah. Just in the Mara yeah. Triangle, and that's certainly up from uh, significantly up from last year. Mm. Um, said all the lion lesses in the Mara have got cubs, so um, he said it's. Mm. Like, it's just uh, lion cubs all over the show wherever you look. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I know when we were there in for migration last year and um, up until sort of November time, the, that coalition of the Inselberg males, they were ma- mating oh, with every yes, single yes, female yes. they could get their hands on. I don't know if that's quite right, the right <laughs> word to use, but uh, they were mating with every single female. That's so, the four, hey? Yeah. 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 It was five and then yeah. the, one, the one got... Uh, killed um the cheetahs um Rissasi, the mom that started with the four cubs one they thought one died and they thought it was from a snake bite mm-hmm. unfortunately another one was killed by a crocodile uh, crossing the maji chafu lager so there's two sub-adults left did now. i read that so maji chafu is there for those people that have been there it's that little dip from camp in yeah. that water there at that or is it further up i think further up along i've never seen uh, crocs the street, but then yeah. again you can't see in the lager yeah, hey? yeah. So I think strange. in some of the bigger pools there are there are crocs, yeah. but they do move out of the river. The rivers mm. are quite low, and uh, or they get kicked out of from yeah. territory. And Majichafu, we've had some. We stop there, and people are photographing like a sandpiper, and then this big fucking hippo jumps up right next to you in that little pond. You're like, it doesn't fit there. No, <laughs> so she's got two left. Two at this left stage. now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's it's still a good from a cheetah point of view. I no, don't sure. know what the success rate is and the and the uh, dynamics of that of that are and what the mm. um, the scientific yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, information out of success rates on on uh, cheetah raising their cubs to adulthood. But I think two out of four still are probably uh, on the on the high side from a, yeah. a percentage. For a predator so. at the bottom of the hierarchy, it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then last thing, Mara Camp this year. What are we changing? What's new? Is there anything new? What are you looking forward to? No, I think we've got it pretty much waxed. Mm. Um, you know, we there's always stuff. I've got uh, some ideas on some improvements. We mm-hmm. did quite a lot of improvements uh, last, last year. Yeah. Um, and you know, we listened to our guests, and, and all the improvements we made last year were from comments left in feed, our feedback mm-hmm. forms. And some of the changes we made by, were on comments left by one person yes. on the 150 feed or the 180 feedback forms yeah. that we receive. You know, so so we certainly uh, take take value mm. uh, out of those feedback forms and uh, make the necessary changes. And they've all been great, but mm. I think this year we, it's pretty much uh, Go and enjoy the a year of 
go and enjoy the experience and mm. uh, I think it's going to be a great migration yeah. season. They're talking to David again yesterday, they're getting uh, uh, a lot of scattered shells under, unlike the rest of Kenya which yeah. is in the grips of a Oof, terrible heavy. drought. Yeah. Um, they are getting rain shells in the Mara so the grass it's very green yeah. and the grass is nice and long so there's plenty of <laughs> food there for the, the wildebeest when yeah. they arrive in July um, and the zebra um, to feed mm. on. I think I was. I think it was Judy I was speaking to, and the Mara camp is something similar to what we had here and what we have here, but it's there's an X factor where the whole is bigger than the sum of the parts, and the the, the magic of that place sometimes, and this is why, and this is not even a marketing pitch because yeah. we're going to do that as a separate marketing yeah. pitch, but it's going to a place like that and experience. There's the only way to do it because sometimes when something is so magic, mm. it's almost like that X factor is fragile that you don't want to exp- you don't want to try and define it yeah. too much. Yeah. It Just recognize the fact that it's a beautiful thing and don't try and break it down to, because it's working. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's this beautiful thing you just want to appreciate for what it is. Yeah. It's definitely a niche product. Eh? It oh, definitely yeah. has its own identity and, mm. and an identity that's probably not replicated in other similar tented camps yeah. in, in the Mara. It's yeah. got its own, its own um, feel. It's got its own... Um, charm mm. it's, it's got its own uh, beauty i mean this the abs- the setting and the location as we've spoken about is yeah. is uh, couldn't be better it's in the most idyllic idyllic setting and uh, you know overlooking the mara river as we've um, constantly mm. um, um, expressed mm. but it's yeah it's got its own yeah. uh, i think it's it's niche and i'm speaking to clients they say they wouldn't change a lot you know because you want to keep that it's almost like the the vibe that we got in the office when we yeah, yeah, know, yeah. We, when we came back. It's, it's almost, almost like just like leave a, it be. Just you need just to, you need to bottle that and yeah. you need to bottle that culture and mm. the and the the culture of the staff yeah. and the and the exuberance of the staff and the yeah. happiness of the staff and yeah. how that uh, spills over to mm. the experience of the of 100%. the guests. We I mean we're going into now later today uh, into a marketing thing for the Mara just on migration off pieces of but it's very difficult to market something which. It's very easy to, well, it's easy to, there's the tent, it's an experience. There's the vehicle experience. Sammy experience, Jimmy, Dixon, the gin bar, the sitting around the fire, all those things. So if you could isolate those into different bubbles of, of marketable experiences, mm-hmm. so those are the things that we sell. Yeah. The magic in that place is in between those moments. Yes. It's literally walking from your tent in the morning to the, the fire. Absolutely. You don't market that. Yeah. It's getting your coffee in the morning yeah. from Dixon, sitting at the fire on your own in that bubble. Yeah. We don't market that. It's and to all, me, it's those in-between yeah, moments that make it but work. But it's, it's almost like it's, it's, it's an unplugged, you know, mm. it's, not, it's not a typical hotel where everything happens at a certain time <laughs> and, you, you know, the, your wake-up calls at a certain time and you're going to yeah. walk to the hotel it's and not, not encounter a big fat hippo on the way. <laughs> so it's like it's unplugged and, it, yeah. and, and you know, and that makes it more exciting mm. and makes the experience more exciting yeah. from a guest point of view. Yeah. And, and stuff happens uh, with the staff that we've never taught them or yeah. they pick up on <laughs> stuff and they, they suddenly come up with uh, in a conversation with guests and they've, they've picked it up on something we might have said five years ago. And yeah. uh, it's, it's amazing <laughs> how, the, how that culture has... Were you in the camp so... I'm trying to think. Engen, if you're listening, we were there. I, I, I think you were there for this. Yeah. yeah, it was just after our July trip. Yeah. So 
Dixon would normally do the hi guys, welcome to lunch, or welcome yeah. to dinner. So I would then do the camp, the the, the map. map yeah. And like, okay guys, we drove here, here, here. Okay, Dixon, go. Yeah. So he's like, hi everybody, welcome, ladies go. And everybody's like, yeah. what the hell just happened? <laughs> I know. The lady's Eng- like, what? Ingen was there as well. Yeah. And he almost fell Engen off his and myself, chair. Yeah, we're <laughs> in hysterics. Uh, Dixon's I don't think everyone <gasps> picked up, but he. But it's amazing the stuff that they he picks up, up uh, incredible. from from mm. us and what they've learned, I think, yeah. from us is a, a, an incredible. And, yeah. and how they... How they communicate that and, and pass it on to our guests is, mm. is without it feeling copied. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's natural, and yeah. that's it's it's a natural. Mm. And yeah. yes, they, there's going to be situations where they may wake you up a little bit later than they need to. But that's you know, in but some funny ways enough, that if you had to go to that guest and listen, I'm sorry, you were they're like. It's almost like Dixon and go, listen, we're sorry we, we, this happened. They're like, okay, that's cool. cool. They yeah. have this way. I was just thinking now when you were talking. So, I mean, in life, business, relationships, everything, you need two things. We need structure and we need spontaneity yeah. in everything. And I was just thinking about it now. You apply that to the camp. A lot of lodges and having managed those things, they're very structured. Yeah. Lunch, da 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 yeah. And the camp has its structure. Yes. But it over-indexes on spontaneity. Yes. That's golden because you've got the structure to drive yeah. the experience, but it's the spontaneous moments in between. Just everybody listening, write that down. It's really good. No, good I couldn't agree with you more. Can't wait. Anyway, Johnny, thank you for your time. Yeah. Um, we've got work to do. We will chat again. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you in the field and um, in the bush on, on, on bush. your next adventure. Thank you. Thanks for listening, Just guys. Take Check care. you soon. Bye. Bye.